Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today, or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Because of the title of uh, the spiritual law of nature for today, I need to do a little bit of explaining because um, uh, I run the other way from religion. Um, It took me decades to recover from my religious upbringing, and I still have things pop up from that from time to time that I have to (laughs) do some more work on. You know, I didn't know about that one or, or, or whatever. Uh, but but I do try very hard in my life uh, to be spiritual, and, and I'm still learning in that and growing, and, and I hope uh, getting better. I'm not I'm not where I need to be, but uh, I'm way better than I used to be. Um, I was I was raised in a very uh, religious setting, uh, a, a very legalistic setting. And um, most, a lot of you know my story, uh, not, not the one about uh, Hope being depressed, but the, the one about her kicking me out of the house about three years after we married, and she said, I can't stand to live with you anymore. And not long after that, um, I had a real crisis in my life, um, and I started doubting basically everything that I'd ever been taught. Uh, is there a God? Does he exist? Um, I wasn't so sure anymore. Um, I, I'd been, I'd been raised to believe certain, uh, certain, a whole laundry list of do's and don'ts and, and was now doubting all that stuff. And I think it was a very healthy time for me. And, uh, of course, Hope, Hope and I got back together and have been really, really happy ever since. Uh, once, once we got a handle on her depression. But, um, one of the things that was part of that was, um, was shifting from, okay, this is, this is the way I've been raised and what I've been taught all my life to what is really the truth. And, and almost, uh, okay, I, I, I need to see it before I'm gonna believe it because I've, I've had it with this stuff that's just, 
okay, just believe it because I tell you. I'm not doing that anymore. I want to see it to believe it. And I went to see a, um, a lecture at a local university here in Nashville where um, the keynote speaker was a NASA rocket scientist, literally, a doctor who, was, who worked for NASA and was a, a, a new, a, an engineer in the space program and um, very significant in that. His name was Dr. John Clayton. You can still find him online. And um, Dr. Clayton was, was sharing um, his life journey through science and how he had been raised in a very, uh, I think, a similar way to me and got to that same crisis. And his field was science. So he set out to prove that the Bible was a bunch of baloney scientifically and that, and that there is no God and, and all that sort of thing. And uh, was hoping it would be the definitive work and would put an end to all this uh, religious foolishness and everything and free people from that. And, and, and so he set out to do that. And um, the, so what he did is if, uh, if the odds of the earth being the exact distance from the sun were one in a thousand, okay, he would calculate it as one in, uh, he would, he, he would, he would calculate all those factors, like, okay, the odds of this happening are this, the odds of this happening are this, the odds of this happening are this, and, and if the odds were one in a thousand, he would minimize that just to be on the conservative side and say one in a hundred instead of one in a thousand, okay? And then he would do that with all these different factors, the odds that the earth would have the gravitational pull that where we're not sucked in where we're not sucked into the earth, but we also don't fly off in the air, the ozone layer, the spin, the distance from other planets um and and on and on and on. It was unbelievable how many he he looked at every factor he could possibly factor in. And um, there's a figure, a mathematical figure in science at which even scientists say, okay, anything beyond this number is impossible to just happen. In other words, it can't happen scientifically. And the number that he came up with, even being conservative, like going from one in a thousand to one in a hundred and, and changing it to one in a hundred, the number he came up with that with after doing all that was way, 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 way beyond that number where even in science they would say, this is not even something that can happen once in a billion years. This is impossible. And the illustration he gave, and I'll never forget this as long as I live, because I'm sitting here, you know, in my own little crisis trying to figure out um, what I believe about all these things, okay, and the example he gave is he took out an old-timey gold pocket watch that has, I think, about 150 or 60 pieces, depends on the watch, separate pieces, but you know the kind where you open up the back and you can see all these pieces moving back and forth, you know, not the new quartz ones, but the old ones that had all the moving parts. And he got a paper bag, a great big uh, paper grocery bag, and he said, okay, scientifically, 
here's what we're talking about. He said, if I took all of the parts off of this watch, okay, all those little bitty tiny gears and springs and screws and the chain and the stem and the winder and the lens, if I took all these parts apart and put them all in this paper bag, took the paper bag to the top of Mount Everest, when I got to Mount Everest, I shook those parts up as hard as I could in the paper bag. And then I opened the top and grabbed that paper bag by the bottom and slung it as far out as I could with all my might all over, you know, three sides of Mount Everest. And then my grandson or great-grandson were to come back in a hundred years on the dot and come back to the top of Mount Everest, and when my grandson got to the top of Mount Everest, the watch would be put back together in perfect order and on the exact right time to the second. The odds scientifically of all of this stuff just occurring are are much, much, much less likely than that watch being back together sitting on the top of Mount Everest, strictly from a scientific point of view. And that I, I'm sorry to take so much time with this, but that started me on a different journey, a journey of science, and 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 and, and seeing science as a way to to find truths about God and spirituality and the Bible and, and other religious documents and things like that. So from that day forth, I started my own search, and what I found in the field of health was that every, every important factor I could think about in regard to health and success and relationships was was already in the Bible and not in any other manuscript I could find. I mean, uh, the, if, for instance, I'll give you an example. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I, I needed to lay a little bit of groundwork. The, the, um, the word heal or healing, which is what we're all about, right, and, and what probably all, a lot of you are here for, healing. The word healing in the original Hebrew language. You know what it literally means? It means blinded by the light. Blinded by the light. Well, you know what? That is about as accurate a, a description of illness and healing as you could ever Discover. I mean, if you look at an x-ray, there's a dark spot where the problem is. If you look at a CT scan, an MRI, there's a dark spot where the problem is. The, the, the problem in, every, in any cell that has disease is a dark, dense spot where there's a lack of light and oxygen and all that stuff. Okay? And, and, and very similar things about, um, about, uh, um, our, about everything having to do with health, okay? Our cells, um, uh, fear, 
that fear being the source of, of health issues on another level, uh, sadness, anger, uh, anxiety, worry, our self-worth and identity, uh, and it just goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And, and yes, I can find some of those things in some other manuscripts because, believe me, I've looked thoroughly. But I've never found any other document where all of them are in one document and they're all correct scientifically in regard to health and relationships and and success and that is huge to me because because what that is called is a self-authenticating manuscript meaning that there's stuff in that manuscript that has not been proven yet when it was written and and then you have thing after thing after thing after thing after thing uh, a lot of the stuff about cellular memory. I mean, you guys have heard me talk about that many times. Um, well, that that was that was in the Bible before Southwestern University and Dr. John Sarno and Dr. John and Dr. Bruce Lipton and all these other people uh, proved it in the lab. Okay, guard your heart above everything else, for from it flows the issues of life. And when you read the fine print. And, and read the fine print about what the medical schools are calling cellular memory, it's the same thing. Okay, so I apologize. I don't think I've ever talked about these issues before and don't really have an intention to later, but needed to just lay that little bit of groundwork, okay? I'm not trying to convert you. I'm not trying to convince you. I, I just want you to know where I'm coming from, all right? Uh, by far, the most famous prayer in the history of the world is called the Lord's Prayer. It's, um, it's quoted everywhere in all sorts of different uh, disciplines and groups. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the prayer for so many people around the world, okay? Um, I think it's interesting that Jesus, the account of, of the Lord's Prayer, Jesus is asked by his closest followers, how do we pray? Teach us how to pray. And I think that's a great question because, you know, at the Healing Codes, we talk about praying all the time. And uh, I really got turned on to praying from Larry Dossey, who's a medical doctor, and his wonderful book, Reinventing Medicine, where he talked about the scientific research on prayer, double-blind studies and all kinds of other things that have found prayer to be incredibly healing. I mean, way more than placebo. Um, and, and so, you know, that, that got me looking at, at prayer a different way years ago. But I want to take a look for just a few minutes, um, maybe just to get you thinking a little bit this week, at Jesus' answer when he was asked, how do we pray? And does he give us a blueprint in there for success in our life? I mean, of course, the, the first, the first uh, purpose of, of that prayer 
is interaction with God and relationship with God and asking God to intercede. And I understand that. And that's my, that's my first intention too. But let's take a, maybe a closer look at, at what Jesus puts in this prayer and are we living our life this way? And if not, is it the reason that we're failing? Ken Johnston has said for as long as I've known him, Three things, and almost any situation. What's working, what's not, and what's next, all right? Well, we get a whole lot of people that come to us with, with what's not working. We don't get a whole lot with what is working or what's next. We get a lot of what's not working. Well, what I want to suggest to you today is that maybe the reason it's not working in your life it's because you are violating ancient spiritual principles. So let's take a look. And I'm just going to look at, at five things really quick. The first one is, is how Jesus starts that prayer. And, 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 he said, and he says, hallowed be your name. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. All right? So what does that mean? It means... That, the, that you have the honor and the power. You have the honor and the power. Honor means you're a person worthy of me trusting. And power means you're the one with the power. So in other words, you're God and I'm not. I, that's one of my favorite lines from the movie Rudy, where the priest is trying to help Rudy in his life crisis. And he said there's only two things in all these years of 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 the priesthood that I've that that I would say are absolutely incontrovertible facts. There is a God and I'm not him. Okay? And that's what Jesus says. He says, You have the power, you have the honor, hallowed be your name. Alright? So if you're trusting in yourself and your own abilities, you may be in a vicious cycle that that you need to get out of. The second point, your kingdom come. All right? So he says, you're God, I'm not. Let your kingdom be established. And 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 in other ancient manuscripts in the same book it says that the kingdom of God is within you. It's not out there somewhere, okay? It's not up in the ozone. It's in you. The kingdom of God is in you. So, so the focus is on what's inside you, not physically, but non-physically, okay? So now let's put together one and two. There is a God. I'm not him. He's got the power. He's got the honor, and my focus should be on the unseen that's inside me that is part of his kingdom. All right? Number three, your will be done. So, number three, he says, okay, because you're God and I'm not, because you are worthy of honor, because you have the power... And because this is about your kingdom that is within me, not physically but non-physically, I'm going to give you 
control. Rather than me trying to play God in my own life and taking control in order to ensure the circumstances, to ensure the results that I want in my life. Okay? And I'm going to focus internally, not externally. The kingdom of God is within you. So your focus should not be on the external circumstances. It should be on the internal, what I call the spiritual inward state. Okay? Now, after all of that, then Jesus says, okay, make your request to God. Give us this day our daily bread, you know, uh, which means, okay, yeah, we, we have physical needs. We need a roof over our head, maybe. We need clothes to wear. We need food to eat. Please give us that that food. Again, I'm not taking control of that. I'm not saying I'm God and so I'm going to manufacture food. I'm going to give control to you. And then last of all, forgive me as I forgive others. And so the insinuation there is I will not be forgiven if I'm not willing to forgive others. And by the way, that's the only thing that is stated twice about the Lord Lord's prayer that I will not that, that please forgive me but that's contingent on me forgiving others now in contrast what I see most people doing in their life when they come to us and and in some way shape form or fashion they're saying it's not working my life isn't working or this part of my life is not working they are violating usually every one of these principles. But almost always, two or three, they are taking control themselves. They're trying to play God in their own life and, and trying to wield their own power, which they really don't have any of. They're focusing externally instead of internally. They're saying, my will be done, and I'm going to t try to take control to ensure the results that I want in my life. And I'm not asking for bread to come to me. Maybe I'll do that with lip service. But what I really believe is I've got to exert my own power and influence and, and go out there and make bread come to myself. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying lay on your couch and be lazy and expect the FedEx guy to bring you, um, you know, spaghetti and meat sauce. Okay? That's not what I'm saying. I, I, I'm saying, where's your focus? And, and, and that if you, if you focus on the inward state, that the external circumstances will tend to improve dramatically. If your focus is on the external circumstances, I'm going to go get my bread for myself, you'll usually be lacking in bread, and you'll be miserable too because you've neglected the kingdom. You've neglected the inward state. Okay? And then most people, I, I've never met anyone who didn't have forgiveness issues. Dr. Ben had been saying that for years with cancer. And everyone I've ever seen who had forgiveness issues had people that they were not forgiving in their own life. So I believe that Jesus, in answer to how we should pray, 
does give us a success blueprint for our life. Number one, there is a God. He's not me. He is worthy of the, the honor. He has the power. My focus should be on the inward non-physical, not the outward physical. That I'm going to give control to God, and when you give up control, the, the stress immediately goes away. When you take control, you are put yourself in chronic stress until you either get that thing or don't. That's research out of Harvard by Dr. Dan Gilbert. That then I can request my desires, like bread or money or whatever it is that I need, but all the while not neglecting number three, which is God's will be done. So, yes, I request this, I desire this, and I'm going to walk in that direction, but your will be done. I give it up from, from the first moment, which means my stress goes away, okay? And then the last one, I'm going to forgive everybody in my life and be forgiven myself. So uh, take another look at that in your life. Think about this as you're sitting under your tree this week. And, um, you know, I think a lot of times we, we think we're so modern and we think we're so cutting edge. And the secrets have been there all along in the ancient. And I believe this is another example of that.